Welcome back to That Damn Sports Podcast. Um, we know it's been a while. Uh, we had just a lot of work, and Lila and I, I didn't have my computer for about two weeks, but end of the day, it's on us. Um, but we're making it up for you. Um, this week, two episodes. Um, this episode is going to be with me, Nikki, and Mikey. Nikki is one of our good friends, big basketball, huge basketball fan. Um, we're going to cover the NBA playoffs because there's so much to go in depth there. And then dropping relatively right after, probably within the next day or so, we'll be dropping an NFL uh, based podcast with the draft coming up and all the offseason moves that we've missed, Aaron Rodgers, etc. So a lot of stuff in store for you to make up lost time. Um, but yeah, this, this episode is going to be mainly basketball. We look at the Heat up as an eight seed, up 3-1 on, on the walk after a master class from Jimmy Butler. Now LeBron throwing back, going back in time with a 2020 um, overtime win to put them up 3-1. A lot of 3-1 deficits. And then you got the Kings Warriors back and forth with the madness that's been happening in, those seri- in that series. So a lot to discuss, and we're very excited to get into it. So NBA pod on the way. So as always, welcome back to That Damn Sports Podcast. Um, play the damn song. So before we get started, um, remember, you can listen to all of our previous episodes on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and all your major streaming platforms. You can also check us out on social media where we post a lot of clips on Instagram, TikTok, Twitter, and Facebook at That Damn Sports Podcast, D-A-M. Uh, as you mentioned in the intro, um, got Mikey and Nikki with me. Um, Mikey, how you doing? It's been a while. It's been a while. We'll get to Nikki in a second, but for our typical audience, it's been a while. Yeah, it's It's been a long, long time. I mean, we've we've missed a lot. We haven't recorded since what, like the Super Bowl? Yeah, it's been far too long. Um, <laughs> but like I said, I even explained a little bit in the intro. You were doing your teaching. I didn't have a computer for literally two weeks. David has a full time big boy job in Charlotte now. So, but I think now I literally just went and finally got a nice little mic. Mikey's got himself a mic. Um, I think we're gonna start. Finally, we've talked about it for a year and a half now. We're finally going to start investing a little bit more into this podcast. So um, well, hopefully, I'm not going to say a guarantee, but hopefully this is now the start of a new age where you're going to start getting your typical weekly episodes. But as I said before, too, um, remember, there are going to be two episodes um, dropping almost relatively within a day of each other. Um, this one is covering basketball because it's the first round. There's a lot of storylines. And then... The NFL draft is coming up on Thursday. As the time of this recording, it is Tuesday. Um, so you're going to get it right before the draft. We'll, we'll make our predictions there, and we'll also start covering um, all the offseason moves that we that we think teams need to make and that we haven't covered yet that have happened because there's been a lot of big moves in, in the NFL world. And I'm going to acknowledge this now, and we're not going to discuss it this episode. I'm just going to acknowledge it now so you guys don't think we're stupid. Aaron Rodgers is a Jet. Okay, that's But we will cover that more in depth in our football-based episode. Right now, basketball, and we got our friend. I also mentioned Nikki, and Nikki's been on the episode. He's been on the podcast once before, um, and he's a, it was a year ago. Yeah, it was a play-in game. I was actually it was a couple of days before the Hornets. Uh, we we're gonna go play the play-in versus the Hawks. Man, how how times have changed. Yeah, um, I think my, yeah, because last time at the time of you recording, Miles Bridges was still playing for the Hornets. Yeah, Miles Bridges was still a Hornets player. There's a lot wow. of things different about that team. 
Yeah, a lot. And but no, anyway, we we want to get Nikki on this too because Jackson's on vacation. Um, David's working, and Nikki is person in the NBA sphere. Um, and he he actually knows a lot of what he's talking about. So having three voices is huge. Um, but let's get started. Um, so before we actually before we really dive into the specifics of each of we're not going to cover each and every series. Some of them I just think are redundant, like the Timberwolves Nuggets. I don't think there's too much to go there. Um, the Hawks Celtics and maybe minus the Dejounte Murray bumping into a ref at the end of the game. Um, but we'll cover like the big storylines here and then the big and then some of these other series. But before we really do that, Nikki, let me ask you after what you've seen so far in these series, uh, it's still early. A lot of a lot of them are three one, some are two two. After what you've seen, and and one's already over with Philly sweeping Brooklyn out of the east and out of the west, who do you like the most? You know, it's easy to say Philly because. They were dominant and they did what they needed to do, which a lot of teams are not doing. Like a, a lot of the this, these playoff series are not going how people thought they would, um, which we'll talk like about. Like the Bucks, Heat, even the Kings, Warriors. I mean, people are giving Warriors the best odds, but here the Kings are putting on a show. The Sixers went and got their job done versus Nets team that was kind of depleted. I mean, that team was completely different. They were running off KD and Kyrie's wins and kind of just rode that out to the f- five seed. Um, are the sixth seed actually? They dropped off a little bit. Um, but I do like the Sixers. Something about me just doesn't make me believe in them, though. Also, in the playoffs, something about me just makes me think that they're going to lose in the Eastern Conference Finals. Um, and they're going to have a tough matchup, which will probably be the Celtics, considering they're up by, I think, 11 versus the Hawks right now. Um, obviously, the Celtics are a good shout, but I do see some a dark horse if the Heat do finish off the Bucks and the Knicks finish up what they're doing with the Cavs for something, something Emmy's telling me it's bringing me back to 2020. I kind of want to say the heat. I don't, the way they look right now, now that could change completely. Um, I kind of want to say the heat out of the East. If not, I mean, the easy answer is the Celtics. Uh, they're just a good team. They're well-rounded. They're, now they're well playoff versed. And then you go to the West before I was thinking the Warriors when the playoffs started, but like I said, I'm getting a lot of like 2020 vibes from this playoffs. And the Lakers look really good. The Lakers look very, very good. Um, and the Suns, if KD can come back healthy, I mean, I think they're probably the most reasonable shout. I'd say between Lakers, Suns, I could see that coming down to that. What And that's and that's the way you just broke it down. It was long-winded, but it, it, it makes sense because – it, this NBA playoffs is as wide open as I think we've seen in a long time. Um, and there's always your team, and typically, ironically, it, it's usually Miami, but there's always a team that, that sneaks. And, yeah, that, we'll, we'll, I'll, I'll get more into the Miamis, the Lakers, all that specifics, but let's get to our first one. Um, first and foremost, last night, um, I mean, this, obviously, the, the time this recording is Tuesday, Jimmy Butler goes for 56. Um, that's not really the main storyline that I want to cover, though. It's the fact that Miami as an eight seed is up. 3-1 on the Milwaukee Bucks. Giannis missed game. Um, he only played 11 minutes game one, missed game two and three. Um, Miami was able to get one of those. Um, just got two at home. Um, series still far from over. But let me ask you, Mikey. Do you see, because, I mean, like I said, Miami's AC, but they still don't have home court now. Okay, five, game five and game, if there was a game seven, would be in Milwaukee. Miami's just going to have game six. And they still, and the hardest game to do is a closeout. Who do you like? Do you think Miami is going to be able to finish the deal here? And 
Or do you think Milwaukee being the record-wise best in the NBA is still has a shot at this? I think it would be I think it would be naive for me to to totally say that they don't have a shot because it's it's Giannis and if he's if he's fully healthy I mean obviously they got a shot being down three one and the way Jimmy Butler's been playing I mean fifty six points I mean that guy couldn't miss if he keeps up this play which I don't I don't think is sustainable if I'm being honest I mean fifty six points and you win I mean I don't think it's sustainable but if Jimmy can keep playing the way he's been playing I do see the Heat winning but. I don't see the heat advancing after this. I don't see how Jimmy Butler can keep keep up this play, keep them in it, especially if they play the Celtics or 76 or whoever they end up playing. I don't see how the heat can make it out of there, but I would take the heat right now. The weather point, I mean, a 3-1 a 3-1 lead is is huge. They just got they just got to steal one. And who knows if Giannis is completely healthy. If Giannis goes down, I mean, I think it's game over for for the Heat or for the Bucks, I should say. So, here's here's the thing that's funny. I'm more worried about winning one more of these games in either five, six, or seven than I am about the next round. Because if 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 Miami were to win, they're going to either play more than likely probably play the Knicks. I'm I'm sorry, Julius Randle and Jalen Brunson. I know the Knicks look great. Tom Thibodeau has them playing unbelievable defense. They just held the Cavs to 79 points, the lowest points of any, the lowest point total of any team in the NBA this entire season. But I'm more worried about just closing the deal with Milwaukee because. Even though Miami was able to win game four with the heroics of Jimmy, and you say sustainable, Jimmy's still averaging about 30, 30 I'd say about, I think it's like 34, 35 points this series. So he's going to get his. But Milwaukee now with Giannis, that team looked different. And the whole game, if you, I, don't, if you, I don't know if you watched it, the entire game, Milwaukee was in control. And then the final five minutes, Jimmy just took over. And I've honestly, and let, let me just get to that, say my piece on that for a second. Anyone who, I know preseason, Bleacher Report put out that they had Jimmy Butler as the 13th best player in the NBA. I don't care about how mediocre he acts in the regular season. What he is able to do year in, year out in the postseason automatically, in my opinion, makes him a top 10 player. And if you argue that now, I, I don't know what to tell you. 56. And what makes that 56 impressive is the fact that Brooks Lopez was runner-up for Defensive Player of the Year. Giannis is a two-time MVP and has won Defensive Player of the Year. Drew Holiday is arguably the best defensive guard in the entire NBA and has been on many first-team all-defense, NBA, all-NBA defensive teams. And he was able, and Jimmy was able to drop 56, step out of his comfort zone, and hit big-time threes down the stretch. Um, so I had to say my piece on Jimmy. Hats off and anyone. I know I'm a Heat fan, but anyone who wants to argue that Jimmy's not top 10 after what they've seen so far is crazy to me. But I, I, I would agree. I think... I don't know Miami's depth is going to be enough. And like I said, I'm still worried Milwaukee is going to win three in a row. Um, because, like I said, they were in control. I know the game was fun and it was awesome to see Miami win it at the end. But Milwaukee was in control that entire game. And Giannis had a had a, just the most quiet triple-double I've ever seen. Um, Brooks Lopez had a career high. And Drew Holiday was off. Chris Middleton played okay. But it's not going to be easy for Miami to close this. I would love for them to, and I think they still have the advantage of being up 3-1, obviously. But I do think it's going to be a lot trickier than a lot of Heat fans and a lot of NBA media thinks. Now, Nikki, what are you, what are your thoughts here? Do you think Miami is going to be able to... What are, what percent are you giving Miami to close the door on these out of these next three games? I mean, you can't like discount that they're up 3-1, right? And that's a big advantage. Now, Milwaukee came into the playoffs as the favorites to win the NBA Finals. People didn't really give the Heat a shot. I would give the Heat, I mean, which considering they're up 3-1, like a 70% chance to close it out. 
I don't think you guys take the next game. I really don't. It puts a lot of pressure on you, but you are going back home. When you talk about kind of depth and everything, the Heat are a team with playoff experience, and I'll be all a lot of the players on that team have that experience. People forget that they were one game away from the NBA Finals last year. People are very quick to forget that because of the season they had, and it can kind of be overridden. Jimmy Butler has always been a dog in the playoffs. I'm not really worried about that sustainability when you're mentioning sustainability with Jimmy Butler because he's always been like that in the playoffs. He's a big-time player. When it comes down to it, I just rewatched. Um, I think it was game four, or it was game five of the NBA Finals in the bubble where the Lakers were up 3-1. I believe it was 3-1. And Jimmy Butler in the last five minutes was dogging on them. He's the only reason that they that they kept that series alive for another game. Obviously, the Lakers are just too good that year. Um, it's funny. But, oh, it's funny you say that because if you look in the top right corner of my room, there's a picture from that exact game you're talking about when Jimmy literally put the entire team on his back and is hunched over the scorer's table. It's just funny you just brought that man, up. If that's anyway. not a Homer moment, I've I've. I mean, if that's the most Homer moment I've ever seen, I mean, come on, man. What? It's about man, Taylor. You just say you're not biased to Jimmy Butler, but you got him hanging up in your room. Dude, it's motivational. <laughs> the picture is him leaning over the fucking screen. He's table, a but fan. It's- Let him be a fan. <laughs> I, I, I'm a Hornets fan. I, I truly, I despise every single team in our division. Like, I, I don't like the Heat, but I, I can't rip away. Now, losing Tyler Hero is a hard hit, but honestly, at the same time, the team's flowing well without it. We were talking about Caleb Martin before we started recording. He's stepping up to the plate. You have players that can step up to the plate in your team. And mind you not, a big thing is, too, you have a coach that is very, very well-versed in playoff basketball. You have a coach that knows how to close things out. Eric Spolstra is not a, a coach that really has ever blown leads when you look at it. If you look at his his tenure as a coach, and he's been there with the Heat for Lord knows how long now, he's never really blown a lead. He's had close series, but he, I don't think I've – and I, you could fact-check me on this, but I don't think Eric Spolstra, any Eric Spolstra coach team going up by this margin has ever blown that because you, you can blame it on point. the players and you can blame it on the environment, but also it comes down to the coaching as well, which makes a big difference. You have a coach that's experienced in that. I – I have a pretty fair amount of belief that the Heat will close it out. Now, I don't think they should expect to win the next game. Now, it would be great if they did. That would do you guys a, a tremendous favor. Um, but I give them about a 70 75% chance, which is pretty low considering their lead. But, I mean, it's going to come down to game six, which is what I think is a big-time game. Because if you go back to Milwaukee 3-3, then that's where you start the odds start to swing away from your favor. I still give them good odds, but – Winning three games in a row versus any team is hard, especially a team like the Heat. Very good defensively. I mean, so I mean, I think they'll close out. I, I have, I'm pretty firm in that, and I don't like the Heat. Well, I'm worried, but I think that's the fan in me that's just like just naturally just scared of losing. Um, and Milwaukee coming back, but I'm gonna transition to LA. But I'm gonna use Miami as an example because Miami and LA are very similar. Where Miami's an eight seed, the Lakers are a seven seed. But these aren't your normal low seeds. They're not. I mean, realistically, if you were to look at Atlanta or Chicago, who Miami beat in the play-in to be an eight seed, that sounds like a normal eight seed. Miami's not a normal eight seed. Neither is the Lakers. You look at Miami, look at the roster that, that is the eight seed right now. Minus P.J. Tucker is the exact same roster that took the Celtics to a Jimmy Butler three-pointer away from the NBA Finals. Now they're an eight seed. I get it. P.J. Tucker's a big loss, but that's that's not the reason we're an eight seed. Okay, we had a lot of injuries at the regular season. It was inconsistent shooting. And now they're eight seed, but 
It's not your traditional eight seed. And if Miami is to advance and play New York or the Cleveland, and you brought up the point of experience in the playoffs, this Miami Heat team has as much experience in the playoffs as anybody. New York nor Cleveland have much experience in the playoffs whatsoever. And I'm telling you, the way New York has been beating Cleveland is through physicality and defense. There's no other team that embraces that more than the Miami Heat. There's gonna, and then on the other side, you're going to have Miami play in New York if, if they close out. And you're going to have Philly playing Boston. That, that's just going to go to seven. You're going to have a, a, whoever comes out of that is going to be dead. And they're going to have to face a, either a physical team in New York or Miami. There is a realistic possibility if things go the way they should with Miami closing out and New York closing out that we have like another seven game Eastern Conference Finals with an eight seed or the Knicks that are fighting to go to the NBA Finals. I mean, there, there is a realistic possibility of that given the circumstances. But so who, who are you taking? Uh, okay, if I'm being honest, I've taken them all year, and I still think even if that were to happen, say I'm fortunate enough for Miami to get to the East Conference Finals. There, I don't. I, I honestly can't pick over Boston Celtics. The Boston Celtics are a different, different breed, um, and they're so deep and so talented that they might be tired after playing Philly, and then playing a team like Miami or New York that's extremely physical is going to suck. But when you have guys like Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown, Al Horford, Marcus Smart, Malcolm Brogdon, I mean, it, the list goes on. Grant Williams, I mean, the list just goes. Robert Williams, golly, so many people. The list goes on and on. Really hard to pick against Boston. Um, so that's what I have going out the East, but like the transition there, Miami low seed in the East. Then on the other side in the West, you have the seven seed Lakers who are now up three, one on Memphis. I think it's very similar. Nikki, to your point, you said, um, you think Milwaukee's going to definitely get game five. I think Memphis gets game five as well, but I think LA closes in six, but LeBron just came off a, a 2020 game and an overtime win. Um, Dylan Brooks has been petrifying from the three-point line. Um, it, but minus Desmond Bain and John Morant, the Grizzlies have not been getting very much help offensively. And LeBron, it just it doesn't seem like he ever ages, and he plays the same. And they've gotten huge contributions from Austin Reeves, D'Angelo Russell, Rory Hachimura. The Lakers look, like you said, they look dangerous, and that is another team. So let me ask you, Mikey, your thoughts here on the Lakers. I, I know they look really good right now, and they're probably going to close out Memphis. With given this, the teams in the West between the Suns and um, the Nuggets and and teams of that nature, I'm sure that's what I'm not even saying. Um, how much of a possibility do you give the Lakers to ultimately make it out of the West? I mean, I think they have one of the best shots, if not the best shot, if they stay healthy. I think they're very similar to to the Suns. I'd probably take both of those teams if I knew they were going to stay 100% healthy. But I wouldn't. I wouldn't bet on that. Kevin Durant, we've seen he's been injured all season. LeBron has been injured. Anthony Davis has been injured. D'Angelo Russell's been injured. I'm probably going to take the team who's stayed probably the most healthy all year, and I'm, I'm going to take the words. I mean, Nikki was talking about experience. I mean, who has more experience than them? Maybe just LeBron. Besides LeBron, I mean, I think the Warriors have the most experience. They got off slow. I think they take this series, and they're a hard team to bet against. If it was, if it was between the Warriors and Lakers and the Lakers were completely healthy, I could definitely see the Lakers taking it or maybe even the Suns, but I'm not confident that both of those guys in LeBron, Anthony Davis and Kevin Durant are going to be hundred percent every single game because they're going to need them every single game. Cause it's going to go to a seven game series between those three teams, whoever ends up, whatever the matchup is. And it's going to be the team who's the most healthy. And I would, I would put my money on the Warriors to be the most healthy. I'm not even as worried. And now I, this is so funny to say, I'm not as worried about Anthony Davis's uh, health as I am his play. You look at the series, 
mean, he just and it it's, it seems like this is a tales of time with him in the playoffs. It's so up and down. I mean, I heard someone on ESPN today talk about how they don't even count Memphis out yet because say they go back to Memphis and AD plays poorly, and then you have a game six where it's going to really come down to AD and LeBron, and and you can't expect LeBron to do everything every time. Anthony Davis's play is what's going to be the factor for me and how far this Lakers team goes. I think the Lakers are going to go as far as AD can take them because LeBron is LeBron, and he's going to do everything in his power. But he is not the the Miami Heat LeBron. He's not Cleveland LeBron where he can actually borderline take a team by himself. He's going to need help. Even if it's minimal, he's going to need help. And that help is going to need to come from Anthony Davis. I think Anthony Davis plays lights out like he has in some of the games this series. I don't. I really don't know if there's a team that's stopping them. I, I don't because now that these other role players they have with Roy Hachimura, Austin Reeves, D'Angelo Russell, I mean, they're playing really well as a team. Um, that's the difference between Miami and L.A. Miami's playing really well. Well, Jimmy Butler's playing really well. The Lakers as a whole unit, LeBron's obviously the catalyst, but as a whole unit, the Lakers look solid as a group. Uh, so, Nick, let me ask you, though. Realistically, what is the possibility that the Lakers are the team that make it out of the West? Because I know you said before you were kind of teetering totter back and forth, um, but with the likes of Phoenix, Gold State, Denver, and I mean, heck, you even got to say Sacramento at this point, where do you see the Lakers stacking up based on what you've seen in this series so far? Because they have looked dominant as a team. I think that game five might be one of the most important games for the Lakers because in comparison to the Heat Bucks that we're talking about, where I have a lot less belief in the Heat, in game five, I don't, I don't really believe in the Grizzlies. I don't. Um, I think they're a young team and they'll be good at the time coming. But at the end of the game last night, Jaw was holding his hand. That team, there's something wrong that they with the playoffs with them, and I think the Lakers are just a matchup that was not this unfortunate for them. I think that the Lakers have a very good chance of taking game five. Now, that would be the most even 4-1 series finish ever because it was a slugfest. But if I, I think it's so essential that they win that game and they focus on winning this game because if they do, you have to keep in mind that their matchup is going to be the winner of Kings-Warriors. That is a That right there is a slugfest in their own. The Kings could be up 3-1 right now if it wasn't for Harrison Barnes not making that three at the end of, uh, was it game? Yeah, game four. But that, that series is a slugfest. Sacramento is the home team, which people are quick to forget as well. Uh, they're going back home tomorrow. They, they could. They. I think they need to win. That's a must-win game for them. But if the Lakers can close out five, mind you, not like you said, LeBron's not the old LeBron, and he can get the rest that he needs and let the team re- recuperate as well because they're kind of an older team as well. Um, I think they have a good chance of whoever comes out of the Kings Warriors series. They have a very good chance of being there if they can close out in five. If you if you let the Grizzlies push back then you have an issue and then I start losing faith in you because whoever comes out, if the Warriors come out of that Kings series, then I don't think the Lakers can beat them if they don't win game five. I don't. I just don't have the faith in them. I don't think they have that within them. And mind you not, they're going to be playing. Then the Warriors are going to get home court versus the Lakers, uh, even if they win that slugfest. I think if they, be- do win, if they do win game five, I think that they can... It'll be hard, but they can make it through the finals, the conference finals, which I think will be the Suns. I am, am I, I can almost, I want to say it's a lock in my eyes that the Suns make the uh, 
Western Conference Finals. That's a tough matchup considering where KD's health might be. Um, I could see them collapsing versus Suns. But I do think that if they can finish up the series in the next game, which I really think I, they have a much better chance than if we're talking comparing back to the Heat Bucks, I think they have a much better chance to close that out in Memphis than a lot of people do. Um, like if Anthony Davis shows up, they could definitely make it to the, the conference finals. And then at that point, you have to start taking them serious because this is a playoffs where the seeding doesn't really matter. It's kind of up in the air. You don't seeding all it really matters for is home court. Um, so I, I think if they can close out five, they can make the finals conference finals at least. Yeah. Um, it, it, I think if they were to close out, which I, like I said, I do think they do. Um, I like the Lakers over either one of the teams they're going to play between Golden State and um, Sacramento. I, I just the LeBron factor and Golden State just doesn't have the feel that you normally have with Golden State. It, you just don't feel how, the confidence that you normally do when you when you when you're picking them. Um, so I I like I like to at least make it out of there. And then if it gets to Phoenix, it's going to really depend on like you said Kevin Durant's health and if Devin Booker can play the way he can continue to play the way he's playing because minus Jim, he is playing good. Yeah, minus minus and I don't, I'm not being biased here. It's just factual. Minus Jimmy Butler. Devin Booker's been the best player in in, in his playoffs so far. Yeah. He's definitely been the best player in the West. You could make the argument for LeBron, but still. Um, so yeah, it's it, the West in, is I think really wide open, and the East is going to be as wide open as these first round series conclude. But we don't know yet. But the West, I can tell you right now, you have a handful. It's odd that none of us has even said Denver, and they're the number one seed. And I think it's just because we know we know they Denver it every time. We know Denver in the postseason, um, but they have like Denver has looked solid so far. Though I know it's the Timberwolves, but they have looked solid so far. But we'll wait and see. Um, but before we move on from this series, we also got to address something. Who does Dylan Brooks think he is? Seriously, I this guy calls out LeBron, says he's not going to respect someone until they drop forty. He does all the antics, then he plays awful. To the point where last night or in the in the previous game, which yeah, last night, um, they have guys Dylan Brooks man, they are just sending to Jaw and Desmond Bain to basically double and they are basically just saying, We're gonna let you shoot. We're gonna let you shoot. And he's supposed to be a th- good three point shooter. He's played poorly, and then after all this, he talks all this talk, plays poorly, doesn't even meet with the media for the last two games, won't even meet with the media to to address this. And then he says the media is making him out to be the villain. So, let's just. What are are your thoughts right now on Dylan Brooks? Because I think this is Dylan Brooks's last couple of games. Maybe tomorrow is his last game with the Memphis Grizzlies. Oh, dude, I would get rid of him. I wouldn't even let the guy play at this point. I mean, how are you going to bash? It's like bashing like Tom Brady when you're about to play Tom Brady. You know he's going to get his bag, dude. Just respect the guy. Stop hating on greatness. I mean. If this was like Kevin Durant or I'm just saying, I mean, if this was like a superstar, I mean, I guess I would be like, I would be like, whatever. I mean, you're good too. But I mean, get the hell out of town. Get no. kick rocks. Kick rocks is what I'm basically no. saying. No, I can't. But I see, I also can't respect like, okay, you want to, if, if there's going to be an argument, people are like, well, I mean, he's just trying to fire him up or whatever. You cannot say, I don't respect people 
till they drop 40. Well, you might not even have have had a 40-point game in your career. I actually, you know what? I'm about to fact check this. Let's see if Dylan Brooks has ever had a 40-point game. Dylan Brooks career high. I'm actually very curious on this. This while you're looking that up, let's talk about how I said I don't think the Grizzlies, there's something wrong with that team, and it comes down to also their attitude. His career high is 37 points, but he doesn't respect people until they score 40. What the stupidity hell? At, at stupidity at its finest. Guarantee he'll be broke out of the NBA just because how stupid he is. And then here's the thing: when I talk about the when I talk about the Grizzlies, I think it comes down to a foundational piece. Because, for example, as a Hornets fan, I mean, it's hard to bring them up in playoffs in the same sentence. But also, when you look at that team too, this team broke apart from where they were last year because of just the foundation of the players, their mindset, and the way that they went about things. Miles Bridges and James Booknight getting caught with DI. Montrezl Harrell, who ended up going to Philadelphia anyways, got caught with pounds of weed. Most important offseason. <laughs> you, have, you have this Grizzlies team with – an amazing player in John Morant. You have Jaron Jackson, who defensive player of the year, um, all-star this year. Dylan Brooks, who's, he's a good b- basketball player. He, last night they had Xavier Tillman marking LeBron in the clutch time. But the thing is they, they talk all this shit and then it, it bites their ass and they don't know how to re- respond to it. That doesn't reflect well on your team, on your t- teammates and on yourself as a professional when you don't go and talk to the media after talking all that shit three months ago, Dylan Brooks, when they played the Lakers said, I'm just going to make him go to the left. Yeah. I bet you've seen this article today. He said, I'm going to make him go to the left. Cause I, that's how you stop LeBron. Just make him go to the left. He'll stop him. What did he do yesterday to win the game? The dagger, he went, Dylan Brooks, let him go to the left. And he got an and one dagger stabbed him in the heart game over. Well, and, yeah. that, and that shit comes and bites you back in the ass with the media and everything. You're coming back home and everyone's shitting on you. You, you, yeah, and then he doesn't even then he doesn't even talk to him. At least, like, if you're gonna, if you're gonna talk all that all that smack and you know you lose, at least like be a man and be like, you know what, I shouldn't have said it. And, and you go to the media and you talk about it, but he doesn't he doesn't talk about it. Like, come on, dude. No, and and <sighs> you make you make you make a good point with these attitudes because if there has to be something wrong because they if you look at their roster, they're they have enough to win. Uh, they. They just they have Jaron Jackson, who's defensive player of the year, as their center. They have John Morant, who is going to be the next face of the NBA. Granted, if he keeps his head on straight, kicked out. Yeah, right. You have Desmond Bain, who is really coming to an own, his own as a score, as as a as a huge score for that team. Xavier Tillman is fine. I mean, they have plenty of 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 of, of talent. And we also, and a, but I also do think a big reason, and I think that's something that's hurting them a lot right now, is the injury of Stephen Adams. I think yeah. that is playing a huge role in this because um, Steven Adams was a – I had him in fantasy basketball. I can tell you he was a, a solid, solid player for them all year. Um, so that is something to factor in. But there is something going on in Memphis. I think they need to clean house of, of a lot of this these attitude things because when you have guys like John Morant and Jaron Jackson, you have the defensive player of the year. You have John Morant, who is a top player in this league, a superstar you got to be getting better results than getting knocked out in the first round by the Lakers. Now, series isn't over, but I'm not picking against L.A. to to close the series out. And I have way more confidence that they'll close out Memphis than I do in Miami uh, against Milwaukee. Um, But I thought thought that would be something interesting to address. Um, I'll move on to another series in the West that, in my opinion, has been the best series thus far. 
and could be a lot different. And that is Sacramento and Golden State. Um, series is tied 2-2. Going back to Sacramento for Game 5. Um, game Game 4 was so unbelievably close to putting the Sacramento Kings up 3-1. Steph Curry calls a timeout when they have no more timeouts left because they challenged a call minutes before. Um, gives the Sacramento uh, technical shots, technical free throws, and then they hit a big three. And it comes down to a Harrison Barnes in his former arena. Harrison Barnes, wide open three, that could have made the series 3-1. And now, just like that in one shot, it's 2-2, going back to Sacramento. So, this is probably the most even series we have. I I think, is there there even another series that's 2-2? I don't think there is. I think every other series is 3-1. I'm pretty sure this is the only series that's 2-2. So, let me ask you, Mikey, in this series, because now we've seen Darren Fox has really come into his own and has proven. And I think he's always been a superstar. It's just when you play for Sacramento, you don't get the love that you think. Uh, it's just like Shy or Shay for the Oklahoma City Thunder. When you play for teams that aren't doing too well, you don't really necessarily get the, the media love. That yeah. Darren Fox has always been this guy. He has been this guy, and he's getting the chance to show it. And Sabonis is playing really well. Um, and a lot of that, the whole team just is, is really clicks, and they love to get out and run. And then you have Golden State, who Curry is still being Curry. Um so let me let me just add like liking this in, in a series that's two two going back to Sacramento who's going to have home court for five and a potential game seven, but you have the experience of Golden State on the other side a championship DNA. Who do you like? Yeah, I think you just summed it up. I mean, am I going to bet against Steph Curry when when his back's up against the wall? Probably not. And uh, and a team that's experienced that has played together for multiple years and has won multiple championships. It's hard for me to bet against them, and especially with De'Aaron Fox, he's injured. I think it was his it was his index finger that was broken, and it was originally that he wasn't going to play, and now the now he is because they thought he like broke it like maybe game one, but he's going to be back. Um, we'll see what that what does that what that does to his shooting, but I wouldn't bet against Steph Curry and Clay Thompson and, and Draymond Green, who, who's a still a really good defender, and and Jordan Poole, who he's kind of hit or miss, but if he's on it too, that means you got another dangerous shooter out on the perimeter too. Um, so I just, I, I couldn't pick against the Warriors, but that Sacramento team is really good. They, to me, they've proven, I wasn't a big believer in Sacramento. And I, I even asked you, I was like, dude, De'Aaron Fox, like I always knew De'Aaron Fox was good. I didn't know he was this good. Like my God, I watched him play that game and I was like, this dude is a straight up superstar. And I didn't know he was this good. And you, you brought up the good point that he plays for Sacramento. And that's probably why, but that dude is good. But if I had to, if I, if I was a betting man, which I am, not a good betting man, but I would pick I would pick the Warriors to come out of this barely. So let me, Nick, let me let me ask you same question: Sacramento or Golden State? Light the damn beam! <laughs> Light the damn beam! <laughs> the air, it, it all comes down to tomorrow. Tomorrow is almost like a game seven for them. Um. It would have been yeah. so great. It would have been so great for them to steal that game in uh, Chase Center now. I was about to call it Oracle. But it would have been so great for them to steal that game. I think that team, although the odds are stacked against them, when you think experience, you have Steph Curry and Klay Thompson, you have Jordan Poole when there's women around, um, all these things. <laughs> no, what, what did he just say? He said you have Jordan Poole when there's women around. <laughs> That guy, that guy steps it up, man. But hey, uh, no, props. Light the damn beam, dude. I, I want to see the Kings. I want to see the Kings come out of this series. And I think tomorrow is their the biggest game of their season, uh, because you know you can say even if they lose, okay, it's fine. We have one more game. If they lose that game tomorrow, that series is over. That series is well well over. 
I don't think they can go back to Chase Center, and I don't think they can close it out there. I think they're better off closing it out at home in seven. Um, but tomorrow, it's going to come down to De'Aaron Fox. It's going to—he is playing. Uh, this confirmed. He said he's got a ninety-nine percent to one hundred percent chance to play. But you also have to think that uh, Malik Monk, who's kind of really stepped it up this year for Sacramento, Demonte Sabonis is just a beast. I mean, he is—he is good. Uh, you, you might not see the points and the stat lines from him, but when you watch him play, he dominates the paint and he dominates the board and he's rough and physical and he's very well versed when it comes to kind of like big games as well. Um, and he's kind of proven that in the series as well. Uh, you do have Kevin Herter who every now and then has his game. And if, if he decides to step up tomorrow, it's not that it's going to fall down to De'Aaron Fox. It's, I think it's more going to fall on who can step up tomorrow. I think they have a good chance of winning this series a lot more than people writing them off. Now, would I bet for them? Probably. Now, I like to take risk. And I, I this is a risky team. It's a fun team. It's a really fun team. It, it's hard to cheer against. It's hard to cheer against them. Um, I just think it's so up in the air. That series is so even. I so, think... I think it's a boring pick, but it's the right pick. I think we all want Sacramento. Like, I would want Sacramento to win just because it'd be fun. It's The words are the boring pick, but let's face it. If we had to put money on it, I think all of us are intelligent enough that we're probably going to bet the Warriors, right? I'm so, not intelligent enough. I bought Hornet season tickets. Hey, so I was going to ask Light's a damn bean. Nikki, I was going to ask you, how do you feel about um, Malik Monk? That's going to be a little, a little bittersweet, man. I don't him. care about him. It's fine. <laughs> uh, don't worry. I've saved. I've saved a little little piece at the end to talk about the Charlotte Hornets because I love a chance to rip into the Charlotte Hornets. He's got to feel a little bit. What, what do you? What do you gain? Shit. What do you gain out of that? What do you gain out of that? It's just fun. Uh, there's nothing. There's there's I, no there's I, no I, benefit. I, oh, I forgot. I'm on, I'm, I forgot that I'm I'm on a podcast with two two Dolphins fans. Jesus, I was gonna rip the Dolphins just just because of Nikki. Then I was like, oh wait, Austin's also a homer too. Oh, um, dude! If you, you I, as a Pittsburgh Steelers fan, I would not talk hey, right now. Wait, wait. What's my what's my one line? You guys know oh it. Say, say it for me. Say it for me. Go ahead. I'll let you say it because you'll never be able to say. I'm it. not. I'm not. I'm not going to. I'm not. I'm I refuse. Not gonna, I'm I refuse not going to fall trap. Let me put things in NFL terms <laughs> for you, Mikey. The Sacramento Kings are your Bengals. The Sacramento Kings are your Cincinnati Bengals. The Denver Nuggets are your Dallas Cowboys. I was, dude. I was going to compare the Denver Nuggets to Dallas Cowboys. That's actually really you, accurate. You know, my, really Mikey, we, I, I would have done this at the end. I would do this at the end. But we talked about this. Uh, I think it was a couple of weeks ago about comparing NBA franchises to NFL franchises. I think that would be a great thing to do. Let's we'll do it with a couple teams here at the end. I, I do like because we talked about that in the car. I remember that vividly. Dude, we both. I mean, I, I remember telling you, I was like, dude, the, the Denver Nuggets or the Dallas Cowboys are always great in the regular season. They can usually get out of their first playoff game, and they they usually look good, and then they choke, and they and they can't finish. You can it's also every time. You can also call them the Green Bay Packers, but yeah, I was gonna say the Packers. I was gonna say the Packers but, for the Nuggets. Also, all right, well, but they, but they but the Packers won one at least. Let's right? spin it. Let's spin it. Let's spin it. Try to get back on track. I kind of lost it. Oh. Mikey, dear, what you said, boring pick. Yes, I I want Sacramento. It's a feel good story. It's been so long since they've been relevant, but I like being right more than I like picking fun picks. And I have Golden State winning this in six. I think the big reason I say six over seven is because De'Aaron Fox is 
broken finger or fractured finger, whatever it may be. I think that's going to play into a factor. I think he's not going to be the same De'Aaron Fox we're used to. And if he's not going to be De'Aaron Fox we've seen all series, they're not going to be able to beat this Golden State team. I think Golden State gets one in Sacramento. They're due once. They didn't get one or two. And then it's going to go back um, to the Chase Center, and Golden State will close it out in six. That is my prediction. I'm looking at here. Uh, and then we're going to have a very fun Steph Curry-LeBron James matchup in round two. Um, and then another one, <clears throat> we'll move on from this one. Another series that is just weird to me, but this is the 4-5 matchup. And we kind of briefly touched up on it earlier. We're going back to the East. Um, because when I look at the other series, Atlanta and Boston, I think we all knew Boston was going to take care of business there. Um, Philly, Brooklyn, I think we all knew Philly was going to take care of business there. And then I think we all thought Milwaukee should take care of business in Miami. But the one series I think everyone kind of was like, we don't know. It was the most even series, I think, in the entire um, playoffs. The New York Knicks and the Cleveland Cavaliers. Um, Jalen Brunson and the Knicks have looked dominant. Um, we've seen it from Brunson and, and R.J. Barrett stepping up. Julius Randle, this team is so physical. They embrace the physicality side of, of basketball. They really anchor themselves on the defensive end. Um, Jalen Brunson has proven that he. Re- I, I was hesitant on Jalen Brunson. He's proved uh, when he uh, out of his playoff run in Dallas. He's proven that he is a superstar in this league, and he's worth the money that they're paying him. And look at the other side of the ball. You know, it goes back to the Utah days, man. Donovan Mitchell. It 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 really makes you wonder what what is the deal there. Um, but let me ask you this: because New York is up three one, New York is probably going to close this out. Let's be honest. If if New York was to make it out, and, and let's say they play either Miami or Milwaukee, Mikey, do you think they make it to the Eastern Conference Finals? If depending on whoever it may be, so we'll say Miami or Milwaukee, do you think this Knicks team with the, their style of basketball, their brand of basketball, and, and physicality and defense is going to be enough to get them to the Eastern Conference Finals against a team like Miami, who also is physical and loves defense, or a team like Milwaukee that has the best player in the world? I, yeah, I do. I think I really do like the Knicks. I think it really comes down to the two players, and it's not even Jalen Brunson because I, I have a, I have complete faith in him. I think he's he's a really good player. I watched him play in this series, and and he he's been doing very well. Julius Randle and RJ Barrett. RJ Barrett's been having re, he's been doing really good in the playoffs. I mean he he's been a good player for them, especially in the playoffs. But Julius Randle, the, the low scoring game when they, when they beat the Cavs. Man, Julius Randle was taking wide open threes, wide open shots. They just couldn't knock him down. If that happens against the Bucks or the Heat, and he can't, and he can't score, I don't think they have a chance. But if Julius Randle and RJ Barrett, if Julius Randle can play the way he was playing in the regular season, and RJ Barrett can play the way he's been playing against the Cavs, I think they got a legitimate shot to make it. I think it's a well-rounded, good depth basketball team, and Jul- and Brunson's really he, he's really that guy. I think he's a really good player, and he's really underrated, but. They got some depth. If Julius Randle can get it going and he can be what he's been all season and R.J. Barrett keeps playing the way he is, they're going to be a hard team to stop. They're, they're going to be. I don't think you can count the Knicks out. No, I, and I honestly, I, I, I said earlier that I, I'm not I'm not scared of the Knicks being a Heat fan just because it's not – if you go through – I think about teams like Milwaukee. You know, Giannis is scary. Um, yeah. Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown are scary. Joel Embiid and James Harden are scary. I, I, I don't look at – Jalen Brunson and Julius Randle and compare them to the three comparisons I just made. But yes, it is a team that could very well be either Miami or Milwaukee because they hang their hat on physicality in the defensive side of the ball. I think 
they ha- I honestly think they would have a better shot. This is gonna sound kind of crazy, but I'm but really really consider the facts here. I think they'd have a better shot against Milwaukee compared than than the Miami because, like I said, we all know this. We all know heat culture. We know the the whole heat everything that the defensive side of the ball and physicality is something that the Heat really pride themselves on, and that's the exact same thing the Knicks do. So I don't think it would be as effective. They're bullying the Cavs. They are borderline bullying the Cavs, and that is why this great high-powered or high-powered offense with Darius Garland and um, Evan Mobley and Donovan Mitchell isn't working because they're getting bullied. You're not going to bully Jimmy Butler. You're not going to bully Bam. You're not going to bully these guys. You might be able to bully Chris Middleton and Drew Holiday and, and Giannis. I think that would be a more favorable matchup for them, believe it or not. But <clears throat> I, I just don't see – being a Heat fan, I've seen defense – and I know that when when you pull for a team that is defensive oriented, it's only going to take you so far. You got to have an offensive just onslaught. And Jalen Brunson's bringing that to a degree, and RJ Barrett has stepped up a lot. But I just don't think that's sustainable to get to an NBA Finals. And I damn sure don't think if they play Boston or Philly, they have a shot. Um, that's my two cents on it. And I, I Nick, let me ask you on the other side of the ball. What do you think is the problem with Cleveland? Now I said the physicality side. What do you think the, the issue is with Cleveland? Because they have all the the star power to to definitely get through the Knicks at least. That series right there was just a series of who's going to be mentally stronger because it's two teams without players with that much experience. You can look at Donovan Mitchell and say, yeah, he has experience. He's been good in the playoffs before. Jalen Brunson, you can make the same argument. That's where he really turned up last year with the Mavs. Took him to the conference finals. It's very possible he could do it again with the Knicks. Um, that series right there, I never really believed in Cleveland from the start. Because looking at their team, this is the same team that went to the play-in last year and did not even put up a fight in either of their games that they played in. Um, they got mollywopped by the Nets and the Hawks last year in the play-in. They're, those games weren't even close. They never stood a chance. What they really added was Donovan Mitchell, which that team is scary on paper. But like you said, they've been getting absolutely harassed by the Knicks. MSG is a hard place to play in. The Knicks. Fans are insane, especially when they're good. Um, it's a hard team to face. I don't think that pushes them any further in the first round, though. I'm not really too keen on them moving beyond the second round. I, I'm pretty firm in the idea that they're going to get past the Cavs and close it out with ease. Um, but I'm not too keen on the idea of them getting past the second round, I, whether it's the Heat or the Bucks, um, which in my mind, I'm leaning more Heat. Uh, I think when it comes to culture, I hate to say this, but when we talk about the Grizzlies and their culture and their playoff culture, the Nuggets and their playoff culture, the Heat culture, not the fans, not as much the fans, but the players, the culture that they have built within that team from the coach to the players to the owners to the whole entire, everything internal about that Heat team is, it puts them at an advantage when it comes playoff time. Um, and I think that I don't see the Knicks having any chance, no matter what the matchup is second round. I don't give them a shot. I think it only gets them past the Cavs. They're much mentally tougher than the Cavs. I don't think the Cavs are really beating anyone that was above a six seed, um, in the playoffs. I think they would have lost to the Hawks if they would have played them as well. Um, that teams, they have a lot to learn. They're young, they're good, but so Evan Mobley hasn't showed up. That's made a big difference in the series. He has yeah. proven that he's not a playoff player. And I well, don't see that well, they pass the second mm-hmm. round. Heat I'm culture, not... I think, takes them to the Eastern Conference Finals. Maybe beyond. 
but it's hard to bet against the Celtics or the Sixers. Well, and yeah, <sighs> I will say this one point you made. You said Evan Mobley. Well, keep in mind, Evan Mobley's only in the second year, so I'm not gonna say he's not a playoff player. No. It's only his second year. Um, well, but he's not yet because it's the second year. But right, right. I think it's fair to say he isn't because it's his second year. Also, okay, that that's fair. That's fair. Um, but yeah, to your point, I mean, I love the heat talk. I didn't even bring it up. I love it. Um, if so, my, like I said, if Miami can can get out of Milwaukee and then they play New York, I or Cleveland, honestly, I, I'd prefer to play Cleveland. To be honest with you, but either or, it it could it, we seriously could see an eight seed in each conference finals and. I don't think we're going to anybody on that side of the bracket, unless it's Milwaukee. I don't think any of them go to the finals. I think this is Boston's East to lose. Um, because, I mean, I, I look at this Boston team, and it's just so deep. Um, I, I, and I, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm just not a big believer. I know he's looked good recently. I'm, I'm not sold on the thought of James Harden um, being able to lead a team to uh, finals, especially against teams like, especially he's going to have to go through teams like Boston. A team like possibly Miami, New York. I, I'm not even gonna say New York, Miami or Milwaukee. I don't know. Um, also, quick update because um, we're, we're recording this live as some games are going on. This is this is interesting. So Deontay Murray. I don't know if you guys saw Nick. You probably did. I'm like, I don't know if you saw Deontay yeah. Murray bumped into a ref, like like, and said something to him at the end of their game four loss, and he was suspended this game. Currently, right now, with 1.8 seconds to go, Boston is up 117. Oh yep. my gosh, it just changed. Trey Young just hit a 30-foot three-pointer with 1.8 seconds to go. Yep. The, um, Haw- yep. the Hawks are up 119 and 117. Wow, that happened live as I was reporting the score. I was about to confirm that Boston won the game. Um, interesting fact here, and, and this is going to be a good thing to talk about, and then we'll get ready to wrap this episode up. Trey Young right now, yes, he has, Trey Young has 30, 38. 38 points now. Yep. On 13 of 32 shooting. Now, he's going to have to shoot being Trey Young, but the future for Trey Young is up in the air. Nikki, do you think, how, do you think Atlanta, I mean, they might win this game. I don't, they're not winning the series. I'm sorry. They're just not winning the no, series. No, absolutely this a, not. This would be a huge win to pick up in Boston. That, that, I, I could do not, cannot discredit that. But Boston's going to win the series. I, I, if they don't, I'll, I'll get a tattoo of the Atlanta Hawk logo on my ass. But, I'm holding you to that. God damn it. Now I hope they win. Yeah. I'm actually, <laughs> I should game, not have, have said a, that. I have the game pulled up right here. I'm about to see Trey Young shot. Uh, um, do you think, say they, they exit this first round, do you think Atlanta should keep on to Trey Young? Like, what do you think is, is the result there? Because I'm sorry. I think it's time to move on. I don't think it's time to move on. He's, he's, a, he's a young, he's a young player. If this was like a dame, I, I would agree. Like, I do you think remember the, do you remember the Hawks playoff run? Two years ago, yeah, like, yeah, I do. That was on Trey Young's back. Now, do I think this is gonna this is gonna come this is gonna come off bad? But do I think he's a little overrated? A wee bit. I think they're they're putting too much oh, on him. I the, think I, there was a report by the Atlantic that players in the league voted him as the most overrated player in the NBA. I mean, he's a great player. Don't get me wrong, but for Atlanta to bank their whole entire team around him. They can build with what they have if they lose him, and they can get a lot out of him, and they might as well get rid of it while they can. You can get a lot out of Trey Young. You can get a lot of foundational pieces that you need. 
Atlanta has a pretty decently deep team and a young team as well. Um, but dude, I don't think he should have the keys to that team. Well, no, because no, they're building their team around him, and they have built a team around him, and they're still a playing team. They have DeAndre Hunter, who is a solid player. They have Clint Pella, who is a solid center. They have John Collins. They have pieces that to to win. And, and Dejounte Murray. I mean, they have pieces to win games, and they're still a playing team. That that's honestly at the end of the day, if you build a team around a guy and they're still playing, that, that you have to point the finger at the superstar. Because the front office has given him given him the tools necessarily to necessary to win the East, and he hasn't he hasn't done it, um, and he hasn't. I mean, minus that one run, which, I mean, a lot of teams can catch fire. Yet he hasn't proven it. Um, I they played Miami last year and got knocked out in the first round. Pretty Jimmy and they an eight seed. They made the plan again. That's two in a row when a playing team. So I, I'm sorry, I, they've given him everything he could he could need, especially being in the East, and you're still a playing team, especially past two years. Like you said, his value is high, but it's only going to drop the more they keep becoming play-in teams. Get rid of them now. Get the most as you can because I'm telling you, another year of this with a, a lot of shooting and high point totals, but his value is going to drop. Um, that's yeah, my yeah, opinion. I also hate Trey Young. Cash so, in. so I yeah. want him to stay just so he can't win anything because I just I really do not like Trey Young. I almost like got kicked out of the Hornets game. game. I almost got kicked out of the Hornets game for telling him he looked like a dirty lollipop. Dude, he God, just dude, you're rich. Just fix the hair, damn it. Well, well the, Hawks, the Hawks the Hawks officially won, by the so way. So three two going back to Atlanta. We will monitor that situation. That is there's there's no shot. There's no shot. Jason Taylor did that. Jason Taylor would have a good game. They were I, in... I will get the tattoo with you. I I I I'm holding you guys too, damn it. I, I'm not going to get in here on this well, whole tattoo idea because fuck that. But I hope now they win so both of you can get matching tattoos on your right ass cheek. The Hawks tonight, though, I didn't think they had a shot. It was in Boston. No DeJounte Murray, and they just won. So now you went back to Atlanta with DeJounte Murray. It's, I'm, I don't think it happens. I picked Boston to win the NBA Finals. But it does spice it up a little bit. But we're running low on time, so we're going to wrap up this episode of That Damn Sports Podcast. Um Nikki, we appreciate you hopping on, talking with us a little bit. Um, remember, very soon we're going to be dropping our football uh, podcast discussing a lot of stuff that's happened in the offseason um, and the upcoming NFL draft and what we think is going to happen there. Um, so be on the lookout for that. So you'll get this one, and then you should get the football one pretty pretty relatively soon right after. Um, so, But again, remember, you can listen to all of our previous episodes on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and all of our major streaming platforms. Um, you can also follow us on socials on Instagram, TikTok, Twitter, and Facebook at that damn sports podcast, D A M. Nikki, we got about five minutes, so I'm gonna give you I'm gonna give you 60 seconds to give me your hottest Charlotte Hornets take as fast as possible. Go. If the NBA draft lottery is rigged, as everyone speaks that it is, then we are gonna get the first pick this year because the media is going to drool over the idea of Lamelo Ball and Victor Wembanyama on the same team. Miles Bridges, I was very upset about it, but if they bring him back and you bring back Lamelo healthy and you bring back Wembanyama, then you have a very solid team. You have Cody Martin coming back. I think that team needs to clear out as well. They need to clear ship. The Kelly Oubre needs to go. You need to cash out on it. You need to cash on Terry Rozier. James Booknight, cash out while you can. He's an idiot. He's God, he sucks. basketball. The only two untouchable players, I believe, on the Charlotte Hornets right now are LaMelo Ball and Mark Williams. Everything else can go. What about P.J. Washington? P.J. Washington. P.J. Washington, I wouldn't say he's untouchable. It depends what you can get out of him. So, I think it, for Womanyama, 
and you guys get Miles Bridges, that is the only way I envision, and I'm I don't even mean this to be a dick. That is the only way I envision Lamella Ball staying in Charlotte. So <laughs> for your sake, let's hope they win that lottery. Yep, I'm gonna have a lottery party. <laughs> I think that's all I have to look forward to as a fan. <laughs> <laughs> I think he's gonna end up in San Antonio and Greg Pop's gonna not retire because he wants to be on board with this. Yeah, but, if he does that, I'll jump off the top of Spectrum Center. <laughs> We're making some terrible things here. Jeez. Yeah. I don't want that one to hit, but damn it. <laughs> well, <laughs> imagine. Look, if the if the lottery is rigged, then they're gonna give it to him. The team needs to fire the coach first. There, there's a, there's oh, so a, Michael, it's, it's Michael Jordan. Michael Jordan's selling the team. Thank God. It's Everything in Charlotte is in shambles right now. Yeah. Yeah. And, gonna, on the and then, we'll and, then and then it's gonna burn down to the ground when the Panthers take Anthony Richardson. Will Levis. No, apparently there's not to get off track. Off track, but apparently there's reports that Will Levis is the pick. Oh my God, I will tear them a new one if that if that happens. Oh, I actually, for the sake of our other co-host and Jackson Watkins, I hope that happens. Yeah, uh, that would be funny. He will actually, actually, I hope it doesn't happen because Jackson's the kind to actually like be like mad at I, us. I hope it's Hendon Hooker, so they don't even get to see him play the first. Jackson year. will might Jackson might never watch football again. If that Jackson happens. Jackson is the kind of person where like I get mad at my team. Jackson would get mad at me and Mikey because they drafted Will Levis, even though me and Mikey and I have no control over that whatsoever. He wouldn't let it. He we would get on this. We would get on this podcast, and he would be like, "Dude, if you talk about it, I'm done." Like, dude, it's sports. We got to talk about it. Yeah, he's a grudge. He, he is a grudge type of guy. Yeah. Morning, so. Yeah. Yep. Go heat. Um all right, well, good episode. Um, like I said, last lastly, just remember football episode will be coming out very soon. So be on the lookout for that if that's more of your cup of tea. Um, so we will keep you updated on when that drops soon. But anyway, again, thanks for listening to this episode of that damn sports podcast. We will see you guys next time. Peace.